What's up guys? In this episode, I will be interviewing Dan Hurd, who is the founder of the One Pedal at a Time movement. Dan's story is one of the more inspiring stories that I've really come across recently. He struggled with depression and suicide after his term in the military, and a friend turned him on to cycling. And um, for years now, he's traveled the entire United States, just about. Yeah, Dan is a great guy. I want to encourage you to follow him on all, on all of his social media and uh, check out his podcast, Friends from the Road, where he interviews people that he's met uh, in all of his travels and stuff. And um, I actually did the voice introduction to his podcast, which was really kind of cool. Never did anything like that before. And uh, yeah, man, that, that was pretty cool. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode and thanks for watching. By the way, if you or anybody struggles with depression or suicidal thoughts, please go to opaatmovement.com and check out the resources Dan has on his website. We all need a helping hand sometimes. There's no shame in asking for assistance when you need it the most. Man, doing all right? Oh, I'm doing great, man. How are you today? Dude, I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. A lot of your posts on social media, very inspiring. I want to encourage everyone to check out your social media uh, accounts and stuff. I've looked forward to this, this episode because we're going to get into some, some things that uh, I think you are uniquely equipped to address. And I really, I really feel like it's going to be an uplifting, inspiring time here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, th Josh, thank you for having me. It's been, uh, it's been great talking to you for the last few weeks to, to get this planned out. Um, you know, for me, it's, um, as you said, I, you know, I, I started a foundation called the one pedal at a time movement, uh, also known as OPAT. Um, and OPAT movement is about promoting cycling while raising uh, suicide awareness. Um, so what inspired that journey and everything involved in that, um, was my own suicide attempts. I attempted suicide three times. I was planning a fourth when a friend got me on a bicycle. Um, he had tried for many years to get me on bicycles. I rode motorcycles and for many, many years, I was just like, dude, I'm not doing it. Um, the mentality that I had looking back on it was um, that I was better than cycling because I had a motor. Mm. So I, I, you know, I, I immediately shut it down because I thought I was better than it. Little did I know that it would change my life and, and put me on the path that I'm on today. Um, but it got, it, it took time to get to that. Uh, what, what ended up happening was um, I'm a veteran, so I, I served four years in the Navy, and um, at this point, I had been out for about seven years at the time, um, and my physical therapist, uh, my therapist, not physical therapist, my therapist, um, he he was trying to get me to think about certain things that really uh, inspired me to want to, uh, the good times in my life, the ones that I could look back on and be like, those are the reasons why I want to live. Um, and for me, it was the people I served in the military with. And for a lot of those times, it was, um, you know, just trying to get the idea of being around people that, you know, had my back and vice versa. And um, a few days after my therapist suggested that, my friend that got me on a bicycle was uh, really getting me into it, getting me going. And he was like, man, when I was your age, I want to ride my bike across the country. And for me, that was the, the, the moment that I knew what I wanted to do. Light bulbs go, went off, fireworks were exploding in my head. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, I just got the message of what I was supposed to be doing. Um, so over the course of uh, about seven, six or seven months, I started planning out a trip. 
um, to hit the lower 48 states. And what inspired that, the lower 48, was the people I served in the military with. I I'd served um, with a lot of people. So to, for them, they live in 35 states at the time. And to get to them, I had to do 42. And, um, and I was okay with doing just 42 states, but everyone was like, what's the, what's the, why aren't you doing the other six? <laughs> um, so, you know, at that point, what's the, what's the extra six actually, you know, it's, it's not that much of a difference. So I, I embarked on this journey. I started March 5th of 2018 from Plymouth, Massachusetts. And, and this journey has been just shy now of three years uh, with some hiccups in it, which we'll be talking about, I'm sure. But for me, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was things that I needed. I, I needed to get my head out of head, my head out of the, my own head, mm-hmm. um, or and, you know, get into the certain thoughts that I was stuck in. And for me, I needed an escape. Um, mm-hmm. I needed something that was good for me, and cycling mm-hmm. did that. Physically, uh, it, it you know, it, it put me in the best physical shape of my entire life. I went from mm-hmm. uh, about 270 pounds from my last suicide attempt to about 155 while I was riding. Um, and right now, because uh, um, back in October, I got hit by a car, um, I haven't been able to ride a bicycle. So I've been in recovery mode. I've been doing my own podcast. Uh, mm. Recently was Movement Mondays on Heart of Volunteer Veterans Podcast. I'm transitioning now because I'm getting ready to hopefully get back on the road to uh, a new uh, series coming out called Friends from the Road uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And that'll be just more conversations about people that I'm meeting along the way. So I'm excited to continue that. But, uh, you know, this journey, it's really been about, um, you know, showing how being engaged in activities, uh, if that's for, you know, obviously I'm promoting cycling. The goal is if, if to find something that's your Zen. For mm-hmm. me, cycling is my Zen. People look at Zen activities as gardening, you know, mm-hmm. doing art, doing music like you do. You know, I know that's a huge huge piece in your life, having a Zen activity, being out in the outdoors, being able to um, enjoy those uh, times that really bring you peace uh, are important. So I encourage people to go out there and find those activities that either you already have, uh, but if you don't know what it is, be willing to try it. And that's, again, that's what my struggle was for many years is um, I could have potentially avoided two of my suicide attempts if I had just got on a bicycle when my friend asked me to the first time um you know you know everything happens for a reason obviously it didn't happen then but it happened when it was meant to you have such a beautiful story man i know your 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 story is still in the making too you know i feel like uh a lot of times we feel kind of compelled to always give a you know and we live happily ever after kind of kind of story with our lives and it's not always the case you know and with you we had to endure recently with, with your accident is a good example where, you know, man, it's like you go into a direction and, and life happens. You know, it's that there's that John Lennon quote about life is what happens to you when you make plans, you know, and the joy that you've cultivated and the momentum of your life is that you, you obviously had enough momentum and joy working in your life to where obstacles are things you go through now, you know, rather than life being one giant series of obstacles that just flying at you and you can't handle it you are handling it. It's very inspiring. You know, in our lives, we have like, there's two dimensions. There's, there's the collective kind of like the way we belong in society with people. There's the kind of our, our individual, our, our individuality, and they both have to work together. In my own life, I've focused almost by necessity on my own individuality, because I feel like you, in order to approach 
aspects of your own brokenness. You have to become, you know, an individual. You have to focus on your on your individual pain. You know, it's, it's telling you something. You know, pain is too often something I think we think it is a problem, and really, it's a pain is telling us something. It's like we have nerves because when something hurts, it's our body telling us something's wrong. So you know, it's like if your if your arm is on fire and you weren't hurting, it's your way. It's your body telling you something's wrong. You know, when we experience pain in life and experience things, being able to learn how to address our own pain and part, it's part of what I, what I think me and you are doing in our in our own in our own uh, missions and stuff is, you know, promoting a, a message that pain isn't something that you should av- avoid or you know, pain is not something that is should be feared, but it's something that you have to confront and realize that it's a healthy relationship with with experiencing you know, vulnerability and pain and some, it's something that only when you know how to deal with it, can you transcend it and learn how to live the best life that you have. And, uh, yeah. you know, man, it's, uh, I didn't mean to go off on all that, but that was just, just kind of like random thoughts, but, um, you know, oh, but, but they totally, they, but they totally, those random thoughts that you're saying, like really do have a lot of meaning to it. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that you, uh, Mm-hmm. that you see so much inspiration and, and everything through me as well. And, yeah. you know, I, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm still just a human being. As human beings, we have a lot of stuff that come at us every single day. We, we have burdens, we have responsibilities, we have all these things that kind of um, slow us down in a sense. We get to a point where it gets overwhelming. You know, that one thing spills over that it feels like everything's about to spill over. And that's when the stresses really take over. Yeah. And I'm still a human being. I still deal with those. You know, Mm -hmm. even last month I was really dealing with it because I was, I was thinking so much about the future, you know, uh, something I've learned and something that I still continue to try to practice is it's important to live in the moment. It's nice to know what's going to come ahead and it's good to remember what's happened in the past. Yeah. But you'll never get anywhere unless you're thinking about now. I mentioned this to someone, and this was something that was kind of like, see, it's where during the day I have friends, I have friends on social media. I probably drive them crazy because everyone's. I tend to like when I have inspirational thoughts as a writer. I have to, to me, I feel like I have to immediately jump on it and like capture that inspiration and deliver it. But to all my friends, I'm constantly like when they're, when they're posting things, I'm responding. And so I probably feel, I probably seem like this needy person who's like constantly wanting to, to, but it's, it's like, I, I love this stuff so much that whenever someone posts something that really speaks to me, um, part of, part of what I've had to deal with, with OCD is that like, I can't let go of something until I go deeper, until I feel something that that clicks, you know? And so when something just sounds good, that's just the beginning to like a really fundamental idea or or insight. And uh, what you just mentioned, I want to read this. Recently having a realization of the the precious positive tension to life, and and especially a life lived at a pace. Tension often confuses us. For some reason, we believe we need a defense against our own vulnerability, probably because we tend to stack up all the effort that is required for many things and make those things seem insurmountable and accomplishment in the moment, thus making us feel immediately weak in comparison to our dreams. Never mind the nonsensical nature of judging one's limits by what we can immediately accomplish. We can accomplish so much, but we can just calm down, steady our ship, and enjoy the journey. 
A vehicle can go 500,000 miles, but rarely, if ever, does it ever come close to a fraction of that at once. And that's, Absolutely. you know, and I, it's one of those ideas. See, I needed that, honestly. I know that some, someone else is thinking about something. And so I like to kind of, you know, kind of drop a little, a, a, a little pellet of, 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 uh, of, of, of what I think is an underlying idea that moves you. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's weird. Weakness is something that we all have. And yet all it takes is just a little extra strength, a little extra perception and knowledge to align us within to be able to have that infrastructure to hold whatever we're dealing with, man. It's like when I work out, it's almost, there's times where I feel so psychologically weak and I just want to give up. And then there's times where I still feel that way, but there's something like an underlying uh, resolution and like association and like a, of, of, of how to um, go through what, what I'm enduring myself. These things that we're trying to promote this way of life, it's not ridding life of weakness. You know, we're not ridding life of our own vulnerability or problems. Like you're saying how we're all human. And yet all it takes is just a little bit extra, just slightly deeper understanding to, 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 to some of these problems that give, it's, it's, it can be the difference between life and death. It really giving, can be. Giving someone a, a reason to, to stay in the fight giving someone a reason to stay within something that knows there's something deeper beyond the moment that I'm enduring. I've begun to be less and less uh, mindful of my own individuality in one sense to where I feel like I just, the things that I have to say aren't just for me. These are things that, that I think a lot of people need to hear what you have to say, what I, what I have to say. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Things have really, really gotten, gotten bad. And I feel like it's, it's, Right now, your message is, is apropos. You know, your your mission right now is needed more than ever. And uh, yeah, well, you know, especially so since uh, since 2020 with the pandemic, the uh, the number of uh, suicide attempts and thoughts of people having thoughts of suicide has increased uh, huge because of the uh, isolations and things that mm-hmm. uh, we've had to do over the last year and changes that have been made. But the thing is, is it's, it's not a new problem. I want to make sure people understand that it's not, yeah. it's not something that's uh, just come out of nowhere. Suicide in the United States has gone up every year since 1999. Oh, wow. So when you think of those things, it, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that uh, commit suicide every day right now. Uh, the last statistic that came out was 135 people a day. Um, and, and when you see that number, you're like, wow, that's insane. And then think of 20 times as many people attempted. Just, you, just think it. It's crazy oh when you think of God. those numbers. So when but you, you said know, a, a, 135 suicides a day, a day. Is, is that? Is, that's just in the United States. Oh my God. And how many and attempts? And 20 times as many attempts. <sighs> Wow, dude, I had, had I had no idea, dude. I had no no idea it was that bad. I mean, 135. Dude, that's like a that's almost like take a high school, and that's, that's my like, graduating. That's my graduating class. Yes, yeah, exactly. Just go every wow. day, not every year, every day. God. So, again, going back to the you know before, it's about living in the moment. That's what the one pedal at a time movement's about. And, yeah, and and for me. 
it was about living in the moment that got me through, um, you know, that third attempt and that, and that fourth attempt faded away because of it. Um, you know, OPAT has taught me a lot of things uh, about myself and people. A lot of people don't want to hear this um, because it sounds bad. Um, when people say you need to go be selfish, mm -hmm. people are like, oh man, I can't do that. I have to help other people. I need to take care of people. And that's yeah. what I do. I'm a helper. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the same way. I, I am at heart. I am a helper. I help yeah. people when I can uh, in one form or another, but it's, um, it's, it took this journey for me to become selfish. Mm -hmm. I had to become selfish. I had to say that I was doing this journey for myself, not mm -hmm. for anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as I took it in my hands for myself, yeah, is when I started healing myself. Mm. And as I began to heal, I realized that there were other people out there that were struggling that I could share mm -hmm. my story with. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the reason why I started sharing my story is because um, I saw the need for it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I particularly, I wasn't looking for attention or anything like that. I was just, I was just trying to do my thing. Um, but there was a need for it. So I, I, yeah. I, I jumped on it because, you know, if I can change one person's outcome, which I've thankfully I've had, yeah. I've uh, done 80 suicide interventions on my journey. Um, Dude. And I'm sure there's even more out there that, uh, that have been inspired or uh, yeah. thoughts changed. Um, but those are the ones that I can say that I, I've been involved in directly. Um, you know, so for me, it's, that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. That's why I keep, um, even though I'm not on a bicycle right now and I haven't been in it over four months, yeah. I'm still doing things. I'm still reaching out on social media. I'm doing the podcast. I'm trying to get people to be aware that there is a lot of goodness in this world yeah. um, and that there's, there's still reasons to live. Even if you aren't thinking, um, you know, as long, even if I'm not talking about suicide awareness, I'm talking about other people's causes, you know, that mm -hmm. are doing good things in the world in, in times where, you know, this last year, you know, a lot of people would say that the world's going in the opposite direction, that there's not any good, but there's not as many good people in this world anymore. And I, I will tell you uh, from my own experiences and, and from living it day to day that there is a lot of good people in this world and in this country, in the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's important to remember that and to, to see that stuff. You know, if you're only watching the news every day, all you're seeing is you're seeing 99% of bad things and maybe 1% yeah. of, of a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. all you see is the bad. And that's not the case. That's not how this world works. And yeah, you know, um, there, there was there was a book I had I didn't read it, but I heard, I it was one of the, one of those books that I wanted to I wanted to check out. It was by Steven Pinker, and he talks about uh, kind of what you talked about. How everyone assumes that that the world's gotten worse, when in reality the world's gotten so much better than what it's been like ever. Like I mean, the amount of like hunger in the world, uh, you know, has drastically gone down life expectancy uh all sorts of kinds of of improvements have happened and yet we are so mindful of the bad and i would even you know i'm trying to be very very careful with my i have you know i have kind of like off the wall political views like i'm kind of all over the place because i you know i'm not an ideologue i like to really view things issue by issue but then look at the big picture and try to make sense of it but i you know i i don't i like to view people as individuals. And I never like, I never like um, making any group the other or like the enemy, because I feel like uh, 
I feel like we're all more complex than that. And everyone deserves the dignity of life and the, and the, and the, and the honor of their own, of their own process of what, of what they're uh, enduring in life. And not the best that I can do is try to be understanding of that. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of, a, a lot of agendas that are invested in keeping us divided and keeping us focused on the negative, because when you're focused on the negative, you're much more reactionary. And when you're much more reactionary, you're more easily controlled. And, well, uh, you know, I, I agree with that partially. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part, and it's still kind of in the same category as yours, but it's a little bit different. Uh, I believe that people watch the news because it makes them feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, and this is my own, my own opinion. So if, if you don't agree with it, feel free to put it in the comments. Let me know. Um, but we're all, we have, a, we all have our own opinions and this is mine is my opinion is we, we have people that watch the news um, because they're looking for something that makes them feel validate that their life is better mm. than other people's. So when bad things happen, if um, <clears throat> you know, really bad things like uh, school shootings and, and all these uh, mass shootings in general or um, hate crimes, whatever it is, um, we can sit there and be like, well, that is not happening in my neighborhood. Mm. Or if it, even if it is happening in your neighborhood, you're like, well, it's not happening in my house. Mm. You know? So it makes you think that it's, you're, you're doing all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then yeah. at the same time, what it's doing is it's creating that fear that you, that you get that you from watching all this stuff. And you're like, Oh my God, it's happening more and more often. Um, you know, for instance, like this last year, we saw a lot of uh, video for, for uh, protesting and riots and all these other things happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if, you, if you've watched the news, you're going to look at that and you're like, uh, Armageddon's coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been on those streets. I've seen like very little of the stuff that they show on the news. I've yeah. been to Denver where they said they're, you know, lighting cars on fire and there was one car that got lit on fire. I was there when it happened. I wasn't there there when it happened, but mm-hmm. I was in the, literally in the, in the town or yeah. city. Yeah. So, but, but that's the, the, the news is meant to make drama, drama yeah. sells. Yeah, and, absolutely, man. And there's a, you know, I think we're all, we're all designed and equipped for like, for awareness. Like, I think we want to have an idea of the way the world is so that as we're navigating reality, you know, we, we, we feel more in place. It's like we have our, we have an awareness of our, our place in it. I think the older you get, the more you see the subtle ways that information is manipulated. And what's weird to bring it back to mental health, like I began to notice early on, like when I really began to, to seek my own health, my own, my own, uh, you know, my own healing, my own wholeness and stuff, I began to really notice because I was acquainted with my own neuroticism. I began to be aware of how, of how that neuroticism in certain ways, you know, plays out in society. Unfortunately, I feel like our, our environment, our political environment, especially is really, is really oversimplifying people and it's very it's very very toxic it's promoting unhealthy psychology it's promoting a reactionaryism i need to see this person as a human being and not jump to conclusions Mm. 
we almost are being led to take just general information about someone and immediately have a painted identity of who that person is. We essentially are conditioning people to, to, to have, to having, a, a, having prejudices and being able to, to discriminate based on some sense of virtue. And that's very unhealthy. It's very, very unhealthy. And that's one of the things that I, I've, I've begun to really, in the recent years, more and more drop away from focusing on uh, partisan political angles and see things from a mental health and spiritual perspective, because I realized that in order for us to really affect change, we can't trust it with people that are, that are um, stuck in a system that is built on, I think, unhealthy psychology and, and unhealthy uh, ways of viewing people. Like what we are the answer to our problems, but we have, it starts with, it starts with us. It starts with, with us being able to view each other as human beings and being able to promote a healthy way of seeing ourselves and seeing other people. You know, you brought up that, um, that we are the answer to all our problems and mm-hmm. uh, uh, in a funny, non-funny way of saying it is we are the answer. If uh, we, we can be the negative answer or the positive answer. Mm. And, um, so either way, we're the answer to it. In a, in a lot of ways, when we think of like how we can fix the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we think of how we can affect the most amount of people. And then, and then when we think about it, we're like, man, that's a lot of people. I don't think, I, 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 I'm only one person. I can't change the world mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um that's not our goals i think a lot of it our goals are as humans um to change our world is to change ourselves so if we can change ourselves and and then you know just pass on that negative that positive uh, uh routines you know energy mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're doing yeah. You know, getting it out there for other people to say, man, you know, I like the way Josh lives. Mm-hmm. He does this every day. He, you know, he jams out, he, he does his music. Uh, you know, I'm going to get into music, you know, and, and he just inspired somebody to get into, into, into music itself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's what we, that's how we change it. What, you know, obviously it's not for music. Maybe it is for you, but mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever that thing is that is changing the world for yourself yeah. And then passing that on as a ripple effect to other people. Yeah. The more we can get people to do that over and over and over again. Hey, you know, you know, remember for a long time and I hear it every once in a while, the pay it forward program that they do where you, you hold the door open for somebody. Hey, thanks. Thank you so much. No, no problem. Pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Or you buy, or you buy somebody's coffee that's behind you, whatever it is, having that mentality of paying it forward all the time, mm. regardless of what it is. Yeah. Is, that's how we're going to change the world. That's how we're going to make it a better place. That's how we're going to change, um, you know, so much stuff. Society in general, we have this issue of, um, you know, for a long time, it'd be like, if I was coming up to you or walking by, I knew you, Josh, it'd be like, today we go, Hey, Josh, how's it going? You're like, Oh, Dan, how's it been, man? How you doing? And, even if it's literally just for a 30 second conversation, we're, we're almost just saying hi. We're not saying, Hey man, how are you doing in the sense of actually wanting to know how you're doing? Yeah. 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 In most cases, I'm not saying that's not how everybody is, but Mm -hmm. society in general, that's how we are. And uh, how are you or Hey, how's it going or anything like to that effect really just means hi. 
Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just we're just throwing extra words out there. So what I encourage people to do, and you know, this is my ripple effect, is if you are out there and you are uh, like me, I, I greet everybody. I say I say hello to almost mm-hmm. everybody I can, unless it's going to affect their their safety. If they're working, like if they're roof workers or construction workers, mm-hmm. and they're actively working, I ain't saying hi to them. Um, because I'm not trying to risk their safety. Yeah. But if, yeah. if they're staring at me and they see this guy on a bicycle, I'm waving to them. I'm saying, have a great day. You know, I'm getting their attention. And that's what, it, you know, just being out there and engaging with people, um, you know, saying hello and engaging them just simply, you know, is good enough. If you're going to ask, how are you or how you're doing or anything like that, mm-hmm. be willing to listen to the answer. Yeah. And if you hear somebody that goes, you know, and Josh, I, I almost guarantee in your field, you've heard it because uh, I know a lot of musicians, um, you go, Hey, how's it going? You're like, well, a lot of people will be like, um, shit's happening, but nobody's listening or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Hey man, you got it. Go keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, Oh man, that sucks. You'll get there. We just like keep it very generic. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, in, in reality, all we're doing is telling them that we're not there to listen. So um, what I try to do is I actually try to encourage people when they say that or, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, just a simple, like, yeah. you know, when you're doing good, if, even if you're not doing the greatest, you're going to be like, you know, I'm doing really good or I'm, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. alive. I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, but if something's going on, you're like, I'm doing okay. You know, yeah. there's, some, there's something there, but you're not really willing to share it. When that, when that happens, I'm like, hey, person, hey, man, or hey, so-and-so. Um, you know, what's going on? Like, oh, no, nothing to worry about. I'm like, no, no, really. Like, I'm here to listen. Like, what, what do you got going on? And, and engage them because, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, oh, this is what's going on. And a lot of times I've I've done it in my past. Uh, I've had it people done to me. Mm-hmm. And someone will be like, hey, Dan, what's going on, man? And I'm like, well, girlfriend broke up with me. This is going on, blah, blah, blah. Start like getting out, getting, uh, getting the information out there that it needs to get out, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we all have done it where we get into the, like, we get on this hamster wheel, I guess is the best way to put it, the loop where, you know, you know, loop it when you do your music loops, when you, when you play the same notes, like yeah six notes, and then you put it on a loop and then you stop playing the notes, but then it's just saying the same thing over and over again for you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when we get into like a depressive state, when we get into these certain state of minds, we get stuck on loops and mm. sometimes we're saying the same thing out loud to the person that's listening to us where, you know, we brought up 10 times in the conversation that um, I just, you know, I, I feel like I'm meant to be with this person and they, they're not with me anymore. Yeah. I, I get that. So uh, be willing to listen to those things to, to make things better in this world. We gotta, we gotta do it together. Yeah. That's why, that's why my nonprofit is called the movement. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to take just Dan to change suicide awareness it's not going to take mm-hmm. uh these 30 40 different uh organizations that are for suicide awareness and then the even more for mental health combined yeah there's just so many out there but it's not going to be these groups that are doing it by ourselves it's going to literally take it so that we have we need everybody it takes a movement it takes a group a, a mass uh to make change happen and and that's how we're that's how i'm trying to do it our goal isn't to prevent suicides mm-hmm. you know there's enough organizations out there that are trying to prevent them and i'm thankful that they're there in place that are doing that um but our goal is to actually encourage 
survivors, people that have never dealt with suicide or anything, you know, maybe they've never even had a suicidal thought. We're trying to get them involved. We're trying to educate them and get Mm -hmm. them on board um, to be part of the change. We need to make suicide safer communities. And by doing, to make suicide safer communities, we need to educate the public. I guarantee there's a lot of people that are even listening to this Mm -hmm. um, that have never uh, that have no real under, like true understanding of what happens when someone goes into a su- suicidal uh, mindset. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And and that what, that's what we need to change. We need to get people to understand, to see the signs, to see mm-hmm. the imitations um, mm-hmm. of when somebody may be thinking of suicide. And if they're not, you know, if they're just having a bad day and you ask somebody, you know, that's another thing that this our society struggles with that, we need to get out of is uh, asking the question. You know, a lot of people won't, you know, we, we see people that are struggling, but we don't want to say in our, to ourselves or to them, mm-hmm. man, I wonder if they're thinking about suicide. Yeah. It almost never comes up until after it's too late. I think there's some real popular uh, person who came with the whole idea of, of the iceberg. You know, how you have like the, I guess the, the outer things and you have like, inwardly there's all this other other stuff uh you know and so when people see the appearance of somebody and they see certain states of mind there's all of this it's that's just like a small you know small part of this whole picture of of someone's life in my own experience there is a chain link kind of of different areas of life that when we start with one thing, it leads us into other things. And so we're looking at, say, the iceberg, focusing on like the immediate areas that that go to someone's inner life. Like what, what's immediately behind their eyes? It's kind of a complicated thing to look at because, I mean, you can go into brain chemistry. You can go into what they're eating. You can go into... Uh, trauma. You can go into spiritual beliefs. You can go into different things. And there's such dimensionality to it that one difficult, one difficulty that we have trying to address this stuff is that we don't know what, what first to address. Everyone's kind of different. They have, there is one area of pain or one area of neglect in their life. That is the area that has the most immediate need of addressing, uh, but that's not the only problem. Ultimately, everyone has to have some sort of personal theory of everything. And it's, it's, my, it's my own belief that, uh, well, this is something that I, I actually wanted to get, wanted to ask you about. In your introduction, man, you mentioned that there was uh, elements of joy that you found in, in the OPAT movement. For me, in my own recovery, in my own my own healing of myself and, and being able to open myself up to uh, spiritually and all these different areas that kind of fed into still the process that, that I'm in now, there was a, you know, a revisiting, almost, a, almost a, a rekindling of a lot of energy that was lost from my childhood. Like it's, in my understanding, it's almost like we come into this world unconditionally. We stumble and fall, and yet everyone still celebrates us because we're we're we're, we're a, a life trying to be trying to be. You know, we're trying to be human. We're trying to be a person, and we're and we're and even in our failure, we're celebrated. Then we enter into our education system where failure is held against you. You know, to where it's now outward 
It's not about striving after an ideal within yourself and, and, and trying to belong. It's about, okay, I now have to do this. And so it's, there's much more of an outward motivation than an inward motivation, you know? Uh, and I know that there's probably some debate on that, but, but generally speaking, I feel like unconsciously we're trying to obtain something rather than being celebrated by what we've already obtained and being, uh, you know, an organic, unconditional life. And so as we get older, there's all this egocentric ways of looking at things that more and more steal that sort of organic, natural life that we have when we come into this world that creates voids that, that then uh, we have to fill that with something. You know, when it comes to addressing mental health in my own life, it was realizing that in the vacuum of joy comes things that we are very unconscious about as far as our attachments to wrong ideas of the world that we think are right. We're trying to do right. We're trying to do and be what we think we're, we're supposed to be, but it, it lacks that sort of personal attachment or that personal uh, depth that we come into this world with. And so we essentially, our capacity to live this life is kneecapped by our ability or our uh essentially our, our disability that we've inflicted on, our, on ourselves and essentially by, by society, by str outwardly striving to be something that we already are. For me, it's like trying to obtain something, obtain some sense of being outwardly is a trap because you never are perfect. You never are going to be someone who just all of a sudden you you figured out the last bit of revelation or knowledge or self-discovery or whatever and then all of a sudden for the rest of your, of your life you have no problems it's kind of like we are vulnerable by nature in our comfort with our own vulnerability comfort with our own weakness only in that sort of sense of comfort can we then transcend our different various ways of experiencing discomfort it's kind of a paradox you know but it, it sounds like to me, man, like with your, with, with, with the OPAD movement, the way that you really discovered being a part of a group, you almost rekindled this joy of being part of a, uh, you know, as, as, as kids, I think we romanticize the world and we, we see ourselves being a part of something. And that probably even in the military in lots of ways, they probably people wouldn't see it this way, but like there's a certain childlike sense of belonging that, that that's preserved and being a part of the world. You're taking this energy, this of life, it's channeled into something. If you don't have that, then you are going to go into isolation you're, you're, and you're going to stop, stop growing. Sounds like, man, you've been able to sort of rekindle a lot of that in, in your movement. As human beings, change is happening around us every single day. Mm. So change realistically should be very comfortable for us, but yet, when change happens, especially when we're not paying attention that change has occurred already mm. uh, until it's too late, like we get those blinders on, uh, the, bl the blinders of change that I call them. Um, and then by the time it's in front of us, we're like, oh man, I can't do this. What is this? How am I going to do this? You know mm. what I'm saying? So then it becomes uncomfortable change. Uh, but change is happening every single day around us. We literally are born into change we are changing as we are birthed all the way to the day we die life is changing uh the cells our body is made up of changes our uh day and night changes every single day there's change happening i think it's a uh, it's important for people to realize uh 
you know, that's why I encourage living in the moment so much because we're so distracted by our past and our future. We're not living in the moment. And if we're not living in the moment, we're not seeing the change as it happens for people that are the younger generation. You know, I, I don't like to consider myself a millennial, but I guess technically I am, uh, I'm, I'll be 32 next month. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people have this mentality, like I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, Maybe it's not exact wordage or whatever, but mm -hmm. I feel like everyone has this thing, like I'm going to be this person, but then they just get that stuck. They're, they're thinking about the future. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to be, but they're not doing today to get to, to there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of times it's, it's getting just to take that time and take a step back and look at what you're doing now mm -hmm. and, and take that, and make it comfortable, make the moment comfortable for yourselves. I feel like, again, I think that's why 2020 was so difficult for so many people is mm -hmm. we went from going constantly in, in the motions of the now to having to be like, all right, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. um, and, and people were just like, I can't do this. So yeah. I, again, I think it's important to, to take time to, for yourself to, to get the, the, the now happening so that you can live comfortably in the discomfort because if, if so many people I've heard say they don't like change uh, and, and no offense to any of the older time, older timers there, mm -hmm. uh, but they have seen so much change, but they're the ones that I hear it the most from is I don't like the change that's happened since, since I was your age yeah. or the world's changed so much since I was your age, whatever you want to say. And I, I just feel like in reality, the change is the change was happening regardless. It was just the, we had the blinders on, so we didn't see until it was right in front of us. You know, the joy, you know, I, I found a lot of joy in motorcycles. Um, you know, for a lot of people out there, the, the mm -hmm. motorcycles is a, a huge therapy for them. Um, I also thought that cycling was, um, you know, something that you did um, when you were, you know, a kid. You, mm -hmm. And the road bike guys, those were the guys that were like, um, just high energy that that's just how i looked at them and i I, yeah. I got a lot of energy but i'm not like that type of high energy i don't mm -hmm. think but for me you know just getting on a bicycle it brings me the that clearness it, it clears my head it makes it so i have to live in the moment like i get to enjoy mm -hmm. the beauty that's surrounding me at a pace like for instance something i love about cycling is i can be on the bicycle or let me go back. I can be on a motorcycle and I can ride down the road, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm on the beachfront and I'm riding my motorcycle down Main Street or the, uh, Ocean Boulevard, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And everybody's walking by, checking out things, and you're just in there rubbing your engine. You're not having any conversations. You're showboating in a sense, I guess is the best way to do it. What's cool about a bicycle is I can literally see you in a distance 20 feet down coming towards me and i'd be like hey how's it going today mm. you're like oh it's good how are you i'm like yeah, it's great i'm doing this and mm. we just had a conversation while i was while we were going past each other even mm -hmm. if you're walking i'm riding or or we're both riding mm -hmm. you can literally have an interaction mm -hmm. so i get to have a lot of interactions with people and then when i'm not in the populated area mm -hmm. i get to have uh me time and, and you know, a lot of people struggle with me time. Um, I used to struggle with it. I, and at times I still do, I'm still a human being. I, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. And yeah. 
And for me, the, the me time is the time where I get to process my thoughts and, and dissect things that maybe I don't usually get to do unless I'm not distracted. You know, in, in today's world, it's hard. You'd be doing this, uh, you know, I'd be working on the computer here and then literally my phone might vibrate and I'll be staring at my phone for 20 minutes. I'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, Dude, and yeah. I know as, uh, you know, I, I know for, um, I think maybe for you, you, you have similar things. Like you get like so much attention going on where you, you focus on one thing but then something catches your attention for just a second where it takes you off that. And then you're stuck on the next thing. And then you're like, Oh man, I didn't finish this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm diagnosed with OCD and ADHD. So it's just like a nuclear explosion of neurosis. If you get an opportunity, if you haven't already, Josh, and for everybody else in there out here listening, mm-hmm. uh, go check out my uh, movement Monday episode. It's episode mm-hmm. five ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's with family adventures. Okay. And uh, it, it's really a great episode talking about ADHD and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's just really, it's a really powerful episode. So I, I recommend it for you Absolutely. Uh, to go check it out and for everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's movement Monday on heart of volunteer veterans podcast. Um, you know, that, that was a really great episode and, and, and check them all out. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's 13 movement Monday episodes mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it was, Movement Monday started because of my accident. So I needed something to stay busy. I needed to um, fill that, fill that void of time that I, you know, like we were talking about earlier, uh, we get done with one thing and then we have, we have space. We need to fill that space. Um, I tell everybody that for instance, for cycling, cycling was my space filled for drugs. It replaced my drug use. Mm. So uh, a lot of people get that are, uh, in my opinion, a lot of people that are addicted to drugs or alcohol, like I was, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people I know, it's because of underlying issues, rather that is, um, you know, previous traumas, whatever it is. Um, you know, it, it, what we're doing is we're escaping from dealing with those traumas or issues. Mm-hmm. Um, what cycling has done for me is it keeps my head clear enough where I'm not really escaping those issues but it's making so I have to focus on them. So uh, cycling is my addiction. I tell people that all the time. So when I lost cycling because of the accident, yeah. I couldn't walk. Um, podcasting became that for me. You know, that void was filled really quickly. It was yeah. two weeks after my accident. I've filled that void mm-hmm. from cycling every day to I'm gonna be podcasting as much yeah. as I can. Going back to your initial question, I, I kind of veered off topic, <laughs> but the joy, good. the joy that the, the bicycle brings me is just so amazing. It gives me so much, um, so much things to live for. It's given me purpose. It's given me a passion. Um, it's kept me in shape. You know, like I said, I've lost over a hundred pounds uh, from cycling and, and just staying fit. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I'm happier than I've ever been. Um, you know, and, and even still when I'm not on the, off the, when I'm off the bike doing what I'm doing right here, having interviews and doing podcasts, it, it's giving me that void to fill. So it's giving me that joy still. And I think it's important, you know, mm-hmm. to, to have for, for me cycling, I needed it uh, to, to keep me sane in yeah. a lot of ways. And I think that it's the joys that, you know, being by myself, or with a group, I can still have fun on it. Um, so I think that's another thing that we all need to kind of pay attention to is 
if, if that activity is no fun by yourself, then it's not the right activity for you. Yeah. But it's going to be the same activity that, you know, I know if, I use you a lot, Josh, because you play music. Mm-hmm. You can sit there and probably jam out, play music, do your shows by yourself mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, it's nice to have a friend come on, like, uh, you know, just to have somebody to jam out with or, mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe you guys throw a band together to play for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that you can do by yourself and in a group and you still have that passion for it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's important for people to have. If you can go, I was talking to somebody the other day, they, they're like, Oh, I love biking, but I don't like to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't really love biking then you just love, you love the idea of biking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The opportunity to, to be in a group. Yeah. Um, but it's not really the biking that you love. It's the interactions that you love. You're just yeah. using the bike to get to that interaction. Yeah. And they're like, you know, that's, you're right. I'm like, maybe you should, I was like, keep riding your bike. I love that you're riding a bike, but go look at something else. If that's, if you can't do it by yourself, then it's not the right activity. You know, um, for people out there that love gardening, you'd love gardening by yourself. But if you have like a community garden, you got, Hey, today we're going to meet up and we're going to do uh, a de weeding group or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you got 20 people there gardening together and you're still loving it. Mm-hmm. That is the Zen activity for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, find that joy, find that activity that you can do by yourself with just somebody else. And, and for me, that's cycling. It's given me so much in my own life. Like I said, um, for me, you know, it gave me purpose. It gave me uh, a reason to live. Um, it may not be the reason that I lived, but it gave me a reason to find. Yeah. No, yeah, man. And, you know, I being involved in uh, one of the places that I teach music at is a music school, you know, and I've, I've taught at several mu- music schools and I've, ta- I've taught lessons and I mean, one of the huge satisfying things about that is being able to see you tap into someone's potential to where you see their whole person become more dimensional, dimensionalized. <laughs> you know, I, it's like it, it awakens other areas of themselves and, and you see all of a sudden a, a fuller person. You know, you see someone kind of kind of awakened and man, uh it's that it's that video game of life they just leveled up yeah exactly exactly man exactly and it's uh i love that analogy by the way that's like uh again like there's such there's such potent energy in like a lot of our childhood experiences where there's like principles we understand that like all the time and when i'm doing things and i'll and I'll, i'll be i will have flashes of like video games you know, because it's like I've learned certain principles and stuff. It's actually kind of kind of hilarious. Uh, but but I digress. Uh, you're, you're talking about Zen, Zen activities. You know, there's something that, that to be said about about all sorts of kinds of things that we can do that access uh, parts of ourselves that I think too often our society beats out of us. And we're so self-aware right now or self-conscious, we're not really self-aware uh you need right. to become self-aware yeah yeah and it's weird self-consciousness is like the 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 the, the evil twin of self-awareness it's like the, the opposite you know and and so social media and so many different pressures that we experience uh i think when we get going get into our teen years and we're so we we almost feel the, the pressures of, of trying to become a you know a person and we 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 so look outside ourselves for what we already have you know we we, we try to build an, another person rather than actually embrace the person that's already there and it takes time for us to, to if 
finally realized, like, I got, I got to embrace who I actually am, you know, not try to create someone totally new, you know, because that's when you cut off yourself from, from your own relationship with the world, you know, your own memories, your, your own, uh, and I mean, too often it's laced with, 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 ne- with, with negative things, but it, it's, there's a process when we find, I think, our Zen activities, these things that cultivate a rekindling of a lot of that lost uh, youthfulness, that, 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 that the, the original unconditional life that we have. You know, ultimately, I like to think unconditional love and unconditional life are like a li- are linked. You know, we come into this world unconditionally. We don't ask for our existence. It's, it's given to us. And either we're going to be uh, allowing ourselves to be possessed with, with gratitude. Right? Oh my God, I'm, I'm here. This is freaking amazing. You know, or it's like, the hell is this place? You know, it's like the sentiment of, 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 of one or the other is going to be kind of like our general frame you know, and, uh, you know, when it comes to like, you're talking about like with, with, with what you do, there's such a element of community involved where finding things where, where healthy community is involved. We're, we're not trying to be so self-conscious of ourselves. We're giving ourselves room to grow. We're accepting ourselves and consequently accepting other people, developing a, a, a healthy community that isn't based on you know, ideology or based on any sort of, uh, uh, you know, I like having people that believe things different than me around me. I, I like having people that, that genuinely are, are sincere, healthy individuals, but they're different, you know, and they, they challenge you and being able to find those people in your life are so important, man, because if we get into echo chambers and we stay there, we totally kneecap our ability to grow into, and ultimately to even, to see things in a different uh, perspective. One thing that I've been really trying to focus on in my own podcast is, is this idea of us confronting this idea of, of our defectiveness, you know, because ultimately our pain, the biggest pain that we experience in life is that pain that drives us away from people to isolate. And that makes us feel like, well, I'm different from, in, from, from everybody else. No one can understand me. And no one can understand me. And it's a self-perpetuating, uh, it's like that little loop you were talking about, man. It's a, it's a, it's a perpetuating of your pain because essentially it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a belief system that interprets well, what, what's happening to you, you know, in a, in a forever unending way yeah. of seeing yourself. And, and I agree with that. So what the thing is, is like, you know, you brought up is, um, so many of us, we, we get into this, this mindset and this ideology that it's, uh, that we're, that we're not good enough, you know, and that we have these flaws that make us not the perfect candidate or whatever it is. And unfortunately that's because of our society putting these things into our, our mindset that says that, um, you know, for, you know, I, I'm glad it's changing now, but for a long time, it was like for women, uh, you you had to look a certain way you had to uh dress a certain way to be considered a woman or, or at least an attractive woman um you know these models that they had for so many years were um not your normal woman mm-hmm. but what it did was it made these women that are you know the normal looking woman to be like well i don't look like her so i'm not i i'm not good enough mm-hmm. and, and and you know you know, for the man side, 
for so many years, we as men have been told that we're supposed to be the anchor, that we're supposed to toughen it up and figure it out on our own. And uh, if if you're a man and you share your feelings, you're that's a weakness. Mm. You're weak. Um, that you know, we brought up vulnerability earlier in the episode, and I think it's really important. You know, vulnerability is is huge. I think that's a huge strength mm-hmm. if you're willing to be vulnerable, and that's something that you know, telling your story, mm-hmm. um, engaging people in your story, whether that's. Uh, your story of the last 10 minutes of your life, or maybe it's the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sharing pieces of you that maybe you're, you know, in your past, you wouldn't feel comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. There's been many times where I wouldn't share that I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's one of the first things I talk to people about. I went out to dinner the other night with my neighbor and uh, um he saw it for two people in that in in the interactions I had while I was with him. Um, first guy said hello to him, shook his hand um, because he was a veteran. Said, "Hey man, I wanted to say thank you for what you're doing." Gave him one of my cards to say, "Check out what I'm check- doing and everything." Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was a woman. She was our waiter, uh, the our server, and uh, asked her what she thought I should have for the meal. Explained to her what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And the, my, my neighbor was like, man, those two people, you changed their day, maybe their life, but definitely their day. Like, you know, and if we just do that sometimes where we just engage people into to have that, you know, yeah. I think that's um, how we make things better. Um, again, yeah. It's about trying to make the world better, man. And yeah, and you we know, engage people. It's very interesting how much if when we're able to go mm-hmm. deeper kind of within ourselves, we sort of live life, living life from a deeper place within ourselves is, is the consequence of us facing things that are deep within ourselves. You know, the, the deepest things that, that we feel like are sucking our life out of us or draining us or that, you know, giving us that feeling of defect. And the more that we're able to address that, we realize, wait, maybe other people feel this way. And just maybe if I, you know, with confronting this within myself and, and really finding answers for myself, I can not just have answers in the way that I respond to a question, but I can personify the answers that I find within myself that practically express themselves in my conversation with people. So when I look at someone and I even just say hello to them, they can feel the depth of my words. They can feel the depth of how I say something. I'm just not, hello. You know, I'm like, hey, how, you know, how, you know, how, how are you doing? You know, like, like, uh, like and, you, and they can feel this warmth. Mm. And it's a warmth that you've cultivated within your own self. It's a warmth that because you've looked at your own imperfections, your own sense of defectiveness, you realize, no, these are the areas that I, I grow in. These are the areas that even though, part of me shudders to, to confront them or, or to see them, to realize that we all have the capacity to have these areas of, of such potent vulnerability. And when we realize that we're not really alone, that we're all, I mean, some of us, I think, have to confront deeper things than others. We have, I think the more pain and the more deeper our pain, it's actually, we have also the more capacity for joy because 
the 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 solution, the resolution that's required for us to solve our problems is joy, is cultivating such a, a potent resolution to some of these deep areas. And it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a, it's a process. But I feel like that it's almost like, you know, when there's like, like in, uh, I think, judo, where like you use your own opponent's strength against them. To me, trauma and pain, the negativity of life is very much that way. When we're, when we suffer such opposition, it's actually a great opportunity to really bring out the latent destiny of who you're supposed to be in this world. And now in the moment, it doesn't feel that way. In the, in the moment, it feels like hell. And in some ways it, it is, you know, and it's almost like when you're able to begin to feel like, wait, something just turned. So like there's a certain resolution and you can kind of perceive what I think, I think, I think I'm changing. I think something's changing. And I think I have, I think I, I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling strength within myself. I'm feeling that I'm not defective. I'm not someone who just is weak and has to forfeit their life and, and their, and their identity to some, to some blind unknown darkness within myself. There's, there's a footing within yourself that, that you find and you realize that you're, your weakness is just a, a void of the light. And when you're able to sort of allow light to shine and, and have an experience of deeper truths and in, in your own journey, it allows you to be someone who truly can bring to someone a depth of love and, and of authentic care and just genuine warmth that the world is really lacking right now because we want truth and we want wholeness sometimes just so we can show someone say hey you know i have value he, you know and it's kind of like real value doesn't even is it isn't even really mind, mindful of of its own value it's because it's so conscious of giving of itself you know and yeah. i get on these tangents it's like man you're such an interesting person to talk to because dude there's such a we have similarities but we're also very different I think when we're all involved in our in cultivating depth in what we're doing, sometimes there's we 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 can feel the substance, but we're not even totally we, we haven't unpacked all of the significance of what's happening in the moment. So only when we look back and sometimes reflect, we're like, oh man, this was happening. And but dude, there's so much substance that like you're cultivating in yourself and that you're running after and that you're seeking and that you really, I feel like your journey has really in many ways just begun, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, um, man, it's really, it's a, it's a pleasure to share these things and to talk these things with you, man. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. You know, Josh, I appreciate that because, uh, I, I definitely am, uh, I, I'm definitely of action. That's why, that's why I'm, uh, doing the things that I've been doing for the last three years, but mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of that has to do with, again, just trying to, to, to better my own life and thankful that I had the opportunity to, to share that with other people. But, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's getting that, that, uh, that it's getting that mindset out there, trying to show people, you know, just to share your story, to get the information, uh, you know, cause you never know who you're going to connect to kind of like you were saying, you know, the, the mm -hmm. depth of some of the things that I've been able to say or, uh, conversations that we've had in the past, but I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, we, we have to, we, we all connect to something, you know, 
uh, we all have our own stories. Nobody has dealt with anything that we've dealt with personally, mm. but there's people out there that have dealt with something similar. Yeah. The way I look at it is, is all I'm doing is I'm sharing our story. It's yeah. we have the same story. The difference is, is you have different events and different characters. Mm-hmm. But when you break it down to the root of the story, we all have the same story. Yeah. You know, there's an up, there's a down. You know, think of it like the movies. Mm-hmm. You, you almost, it's like you see a movie coming out. You're like, oh yeah, this is a brand new movie. Mm-hmm. And then you can almost literally see what the plot's gonna be like. Oh, there's gonna be a, a climax. There's gonna be a drop off. And there's going to be the happy ever ending love story, whatever it yeah. is, whatever the scenario is. But the story is always the same. It's just different events, different yeah. characters. Yeah. You know, so, that's, that's why for me, you know, in my own life, I've placed so much value unconsciously on language and communication because I've, because I've felt I had this strong sense of defect in myself that I felt like language is a way that I bond. I, I, I can bond with people. It's like, I can communicate. I can say, I can say something and say, okay, is this, is this how you experience it? And then I, I can kind of have that. I can develop that trust in other people through words, you know? So when I say something and, and when someone responds with like, and their eyes, you know, open wide and wow, that's exactly how it is. There's man, there's such a joy. There's such a joy in being able to say something. It's like, I mean, even if, if just in like in music or movies, how it's like sometimes there's like an obscure movie that, that, that you like and you mention and someone else is like, I like that too. And like, there's something about sharing the, our common human experience that allows us to really feel like we're not alone in this thing, man. It's like, we're all, there's that, there is that for, that for saying, you know, no man is an Island. And yet we come, we, we very much feel that way. And I like to feel like that think that we can develop ways that we connect with each other to where we're sort of a archipelago of our, of our own islands to where we're, it's a systematic connection. There's still a degree of independence that we have and, and personal responsibility and personal awareness that we have to kind of personally cultivate in our, in our, in our private lives. But the more that we're able to bond with each other through different things, whether it be conversation activities and just, there's ways that, uh, there's just ways, man, that we're able to connect and, and make us feel like that, that we're not alone because we're not, you know, and we're not uh, even even when we think we are when we're not, you know, you know, if anybody out there right now that's listening to this or at some point listening to this, um, even if you're in a state of uh, mental health distress or thoughts of suicide, mm-hmm. um, there's those times we think we're alone there, you know, yeah. you know there's we feel like we're on an island even though mm-hmm. we're surrounded by people a lot of times mm-hmm. um so it's important to you know that's why i encourage and that's why i share my stories because it may you know we all think that our story is not efficient or that it's you know it's not good enough to share or people aren't willing to hear it or that nobody understands what we're going through so there's no reason to share it mm-hmm. and you know i'm not i can't you know I don't know what you've gone through in life, Josh, but if you were to tell me your story, I can relate to it. For people that need to just have someone to talk to, that's, you know, again, I'm still a work in progress. I'm healing from my own accident. Um, mm-hmm. My issue is I have trouble focusing, as you can tell, uh, <laughs> a couple of times on this. But I know that it's an issue. So I, I tell people in advance, it's not that I'm not paying attention. It's just that's how my brain is right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm willing to listen. So if somebody's out there that needs to talk about it, or need someone to talk to, uh, 
find me, uh, reach out to me, send me a message, check out ridewithdanusa.com mm. and ridewithdanusa.com. You can find me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram. I have Twitter. I barely use it. So don't really count on that one. Uh, mm. YouTube, you can email me at gmail.com. Um, you know, I, I want, I want people to be okay. And yeah. we are, we're not alone. And I don't want you to, anybody that's listening to this, you know, I don't want you to be alone. If you know somebody that feels alone, I don't want them to be alone. Um, tell them about Lieutenant Dan, tell them about me, tell them about Rabbit Dan USA, the one pedal at a time movement. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, let's make this world suicide safer. Man, you know, amen, I, man. And I'll, I'll, oh, good. Sorry. I, I don't look at this, you know, I, my ideally, I would love for suicide to be zero, zero a day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a realist. I am. Uh, mm -hmm. I would like that number to be lower. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say zero because I, 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 I don't live in, I don't live in utopia. Yeah. So, um, you know, my goal is to try to make suicide safer communities, give people more opportunities to get the help that they need mm -hmm. to be involved in communities that uh, have the ability to be part of the difference and, and making, and making those differences and being part of that movement. So something that I do a lot, uh, Josh is, I, I encourage people to go check out start.opatmovement.com. Okay. Um, it's a program. It's an online course. It's 60 to 90 minutes of your time. And it teaches you the, the basics, the starting basics. That's why it's called start mm -hmm. of how to handle an, a situation. If somebody is thinking into thoughts of suicide and how to ask that question. So it's a really great program. I encourage it for anybody that, I encourage it for anybody over the age of 13, first of all. But if you are in a public service uh, atmosphere, if you deal with people on a daily basis, if you're uh, a teacher, first responder, healthcare provider, um, you, you're a church person, you know, you're part of a community. If you are part of a group and that you see on a regular basis, I encourage you to take this course. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's start.opatmovement.com. It, it's it's a program that is gonna it's getting us on the starting path to make better things amen man dude and i'll i'll share all of your links below like on, on this video for on uh you know youtube and, and whatever uh so uh yeah I and mean, the more that i can spread what you're doing to pete to to you know to more people and the better man i mean this is a uh you know it's i feel like man you know i told this to the to my to my last guest about you know James Taylor once in an interview said that, that he is himself for a living. And I, and I love that idea. And I, I feel like that, you know, it's one thing to do that, you know, in the arts and stuff, but it's also to do that with causes that, you know, man, you are your movement, you know, it's uh, both me and you and what we're doing. It's it, this is our life. This is what we're passionate about. This is the thing that like, that we want our lives to be connected to something that, um, we're more alive, we're more alive doing it, but we're also promoting life itself, if, if that makes sense, you know, and it's, there, there's this kind of wholeness, this sort of, uh, I don't know, I guess, <clears throat> to where our lives are, are attached to something that feeds our own mental health and promotes it. And there's just such an overlapping sense of purpose. And that's, that's it right there. Mm -hmm. Purpose. Mm hmm. That's, I think that's the thing that people, uh, that we're always, we're always driven to find. And if yeah. we don't have, if we don't feel like we have purpose, 
and we're, we're not we're not good enough for this world and i think that's a lot of people that struggle with mental health and dis, uh mm-hmm. and suicide in general is including myself i just felt like i didn't have enough purpose i didn't have a purpose i yeah. didn't i wasn't fulfilling the need uh, of, of being a human being i felt i will tell everybody on here uh i have found more purpose than i have ever have from cycling but yeah that purpose was already there. It was just the, the cycling tapped into it for me. Mm. Um, we all have purpose. And, you know, there's so many people that go through their entire life saying that they never fulfilled their purpose. How would you um, compare your life now in purpose, having gone through your accident recently, having found that purpose versus the person that, wasn't really tapping into that purpose that was suicidal, was depressed. How, how would you compare how purpose functioned within both states of opposite or both, you know, both uh, instances of confronting opposition in life and about how, you know, that that's this sort of joy and meaning that you found in your life, even though you couldn't do it, it helped. It was already unleashed in the, in yourself. So when you had your action recently, Compare and contrast your life when that happened, having already kind of cultivated that in you compared to when you didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, so before the accident, it was, uh, you know, like, like so many people, you know, I, I just didn't feel like I had the purpose. I didn't, mm-hmm. like I said, I felt like I wasn't fulfilling the need to help people or, or be involved in, in society uh, as a functioning adult. Um, but that's because, you know, for real, really it was the, the idea of what, what I needed to fulfill to have that purpose or, or to feel like I'm being a successful human being, mm-hmm. um, you know, for so many years, uh, we, we get told growing up that to be successful, we have to, um, it's some form. We have to get a job, get, have an income, find a place to live on our own, mm-hmm. um, find a, a significant other, reproduce children, and then live until the end of our life. Mm-hmm. Scenario-wise, that's pretty much what we're told mm-hmm. from, from day one. I haven't had a job in almost three years. <laughs> uh, like a real job. I, mm-hmm. I I think I have a job. Oh, really? uh, I don't get a paycheck for it, mm-hmm. but I think it's a, uh, I think it's more of a fulfilling job than I've ever had, yeah. but I don't get a paycheck every day for it mm-hmm. <laughs> or every week. Um, so I think that, you know, having that mentality that, um, that I, I have to have a place to live, that I have to have all these things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Those are, those are securities. They are, mm-hmm. you know, they make it so that life is, uh, can be more enjoyable in some degree. Um, but it's not necessary to the, the level that we think that we need it. You know, I don't have to, for a long time, I thought I had to have a hundred thousand dollar paying job so that mm-hmm. I could live a lifestyle that I wanted. Um, I, I don't make even any of that. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. living more of a lifestyle than I've ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if, you know, transitioning from before the accident to after the accident or, or, or in the process of the accident, if I didn't have that opportunity through that two and a half plus years that I was on the road to live in the moments, to, to learn how, um, 
money isn't everything. Mm-hmm. Materialistic items aren't everything. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that bicycle that I lost in my camper that I had, um, you know, those were really important things to me. That was my home and my yeah. transportation and everything I owned was in them. Um, so it, it was tough, but I think that it, I was pre- well more prepared for it because of the journey that I was on. Yeah. Um, and it, again, the fact that I went from having this idea of not having purpose to, to having more purpose than I ever needed. The only thing that changed was I got on a bicycle. Hmm. So the purpose was already there. That's why I said earlier, the mm-hmm. purpose was there. I just had to tap into it. I've always been a helper. I knew I was that type of person, but for a long time, I wasn't willing to help myself mm-hmm. before I helped other people. And I think that that's really what kind of got me onto a different path. It was when it gets tough and when I start going in the wrong direction for myself, I used to put myself on the back burner to try to help more people. Now I put everybody on the back burner to get myself on point. Mm. I can, you know, I want to finish my meal cooking it. I'll put it on the back burner on warm while I'm helping other people out. Mm. But the longer you leave that back there without heating it up first, it's just sitting there cold. It's getting stiffer and then it becomes moldy because you left it there for three weeks. (laughs) Yeah, dude. You know, there was something that you said earlier about you had to learn to be selfish. And I think that like, I know what you mean by that. I do think there's probably a more eloquent way of putting it that I immediately am having trouble, but no, I, I, I'm going to try. I, th- I think, yeah. let you think of that for a sec, but I, yeah. I think it's important for people to realize, you know, hearing the word when we, you have to be selfish. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh my God, this guy is an a-hole, whatever you want to call me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, you have to, to be, to be selfish makes you selfless. And the, the more selfish you are in a good way, obviously you can be uh, over selfish and then become uh, negative in it. It's like, it's like anything though. If you do too much of it, yeah, you're going to become uh, indulging in it too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To phrase it as selfish, it's weird. Almost any, any need that we have, can be manipulated as just being selfish. And so we feel, we feel guilty for um, nourishing ourselves when we need it. So it's actually, I would say, maybe instead of selfishness, it's just self-nourishment, you know, yes. to where, you know, to where it's, it's, but the thing is that you, which by calling it selfish though, I like, I kind of like it, like how you just kind of brutally put it because that's how it feels. That's how it feels to, to put ourselves first when we need to, because our conscience has been so manipulated in a in false virtue, I think, in our society to where we, we want to be liked more than we want to be right, you know, and I, yes. it's, we don't realize that ownership of something is the only way that you can genuinely share something virtuistically because if, if 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 you don't have ownership of something uh it's not really yours to share you know it's it's it you it's so it's weird there's this conflation of like there's no rest in actually owning something it's now mine but i choose to give it to you it's like before you can even make that choice it's made for you and so we're, we we live life having inherited so much stuff that we we, we, we have it. And instead of us enjoying it and possessing it in a positive way to where we're, we're self-nourished and we feel like we have something to give, 
before we even can go through that process, we're, as we're letting go, we're like, I don't want to let this go. And then you, and you're, I'm just giving it because I'm supposed to, you know, and it's kind of like, it's like, no, man, it's, it's like the way for us for, to, to really have a healthy nourishment is to have this understanding of inner dynamics of ourselves to where when we experience good, when we have a certain degree of any degree of good that we have in our lives, that we have to, to take ownership of our life and just, we, we just don't as a zombie or, or as someone just because we're, we want to be liked or we want to do good, that we start doing it before we are even capable of doing it from, from, a, from a place of quality. It's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like the quality of our life is the commodity of our life. You know, if in order for us to really give something of value, it has to be something of quality. In order for it to be of quality, it has to be something that we're, we're all, we, we our, our own soul is possessed in the thing itself, you know, in, in whatever we're doing and giving. I'm someone who's always kind of saw the positives of capitalism. And so I've always seen it as, a, as, as an amazing way of us, uh, you know, giving resources and services and stuff. But people have to, you always have to be aware that capitalism is not a, is not a moral system. It's an amoral system, and that it's not a complete hu- human system. And so, there's in a capitalist system, you have to choose to not partake of it for your own spiritual and mental well being. Because if if you're possessed to partake in it because you're supposed to, then you're going to be a you're just going to turn to a zombie just as much as someone who's in like a communist country. It's just a internalized dictatorship rather than one that's outward, you know? And so like, to me in our capitalist society, we have, I think at times this, uh, a hyper capitalism that totally focuses on capitalism being the end all be all of our lives and of society. And it's not at all. It does not factor in spiritual spiritualities and factor in, uh, even aspects of of of, of equality or, or whatever you want to want to say, you know, certain other socially conscious aspects, and I that's one positive thing about our society that I think we're we're beginning to be a little more conscious of our mixed economy and you know the whole idea that the quality of our life and that the amount of value we're placing on ourselves, cultivating within ourselves, we can only give value to somebody else as much value as we're willing to give ourselves, you know. I can't care for someone else more than I care for myself because the very means by which I care for someone else is, is the vehicle of myself. And so, uh, and so the more that I'm aware of myself and cultivate a healthy relationship within myself, that allows me the capacity to actually have a healthy relationship with somebody else. And so uh, the correct inner inward spiritual dynamics and the, uh, just the kind of the, the laws of how we operate within ourselves in, in, a, in a healthy manner that, that we can feel the flow of energy and the awakening of ourselves and the sort of science of ourselves, the more that we can kind of begin to understand and comprehend, uh, albeit not fully, but in measure how someone else functions on the inside and that our growing awareness can begin to produce a society that is more self-aware and aware of the deeper dimensions of humanity. I really kind of feel like the more that we're able to tap into our own individual mental health and spiritual health and kind of begin to expand ourselves, it allows us to, to, to begin to, to remain kind of in the 
all all the idiosyncrasies of ourself and our own life that we then can bring to seeing the details of other people, you know, man. And we have so many different approaches to what we're doing. Like, man, like there are some people out there that I feel like what they need are my little nuggets of insight and, you know, artistic ways. But there's some people that don't need that. There's some people that just need to just need like a, 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 a genuine person that feels with them. I'm trying to learn and, and uh, adopt some, some of your approaches to things that keeps me away from being too, you know, too academic or too brainy. I don't want people to feel defective. I don't, I don't want to, and I feel like language is a way that I try to bond with people and it sort of like highlight some, something, some internal thing that's hard to say. To me, that's like the need that like in my own life that I, that has helped me is kind of forming areas of perception. But sometimes it's like people just need to be felt, they just need to feel loved. Saying hello to somebody, if they're having a bad day or they're feeling like nobody's noticing them and you just say, you acknowledge them, they got the acknowledgement they needed, mm-hmm. their day is going to be better. It's important for people to realize like we, we, we need acknowledgement in our lives to some degree. Think of it as if you're looking for acknowledgement, be willing to give it out as well. Mm-hmm. And the more acknowledgement you give, the more acknowledgement you'll receive. I feel like that's what's helped me a lot is I started acknowledging people to a different degree than I ever did in my entire life. And now I get that I get more acknowledgement than I, I think I need personally, but I think it's because I give so much out. Yeah. So, um, you know, love is important. It's definitely uh, something that we all need and we should love each other and love everybody, uh, you know, for, you know, for a lot of people hearing like, and uh, you know, I'll say it to you, Josh. Josh, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I love people. I love, I love you too, man. connections. Uh, but when when you when somebody hears somebody say I love you to somebody, they're like they get freaked out sometimes. Yeah, and it's because you know we. I'm not, I'm not saying I love you in a uh, you know a sexual tra- uh, relationship mm-hmm. matter. It's a mm-hmm. it's like a, 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 I have a love for the humanity that we share. Yeah you know, or a love for a bond that we've made or, you know, whatever that love is for, but it, it doesn't have to be what, you know, so many people think it might be. So it's important to, to share love with people and share acknowledgement and, and be, and be, you know, just yeah. be, yeah. be part yeah. of humanity. I think our, our, our identity too often, we think is something kind of static when in my own experience, it's like our identity is kind of the transmission allows us to kind of function in different areas and yet maintain the same authenticity in different areas, you know? And I feel like love in some ways has a similar function. It's like love is something that allows you to see what individual need is needed in the moment with someone and for you, for it to function in whatever way it's needed. And so there's a sort of transmissional essence to love to where when someone, um, you know, it's almost like when you, when you say, you know, I love you to someone, like, even when you just said it to me, it was kind of like, there are so different areas where that can apply in, in, in ways that like, 
I know how it's meant. And even in my own, in my, in, even in my own life, it's almost like understanding what that means, understanding really what, what love means. When you develop a relationship with someone in, in a friendship and someone like has such an approval of you and, and has in and is, and is, and is uh, accepting you that comfort. It's like allowing yourself to not just, uh, and even like I kind of did it is kind of like, there's, there's that immediate, Oh yeah. I, I love you too. And it's kind of like, wait, hold on a second. Receive that for a second. Like, like we we're just saying earlier, it's almost like when someone says that, let it hit Absorbing. for a second, you know, and say, you know what? Damn, man. Thanks, dude. That's freaking, that's awesome, man. Like, thank you, dude. Like I, I love you too, man. You know? And it's like, it's weird. Just a little bit of a few seconds of allowing that to like, to just kind of rest and to accept it. And then give it. You get you get the true meaning of it. Yeah, it's not just like, oh yeah, I, I love you too, man. You know, it's kind of like, wait, dude, just receive it for a second, you know. And uh, that's sort of nuance of, I think, understanding love, being able to take our relationships, our friendships to the next level, and to build community to the next level is developing that inward authenticity to where, man. When, so, when someone says these things, when we kind of can kind of define our reality uh, with, in our, you know, within ourselves and with it, within each other, we feel that bond. We feel that, that, that sense of, of real connection that allows these conversations in the conversation with each other to really be the things that ultimately are one of the things that we value the most in our lives. I don't think we look back and are a sense our sense of accomplishment, it's going to be, you know, more so tied to our relationships and things that we were able to accomplish with each other in true community than anything we're able to hang on a shelf or, or take to the grave and, you know, in the form of a trophy or something. It's like, it's that immaterial essence of how we relate with each other, man, that is a, uh, of such precious, precious quality. There's just so much out there that people think that, you know, mental health, is a bad thing. Everybody has mental health. It's, it's just as important as our physical health. So make sure you guys are out there, uh, you know, taking the opportunity to, to engage your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody's having a mental, mentally bad day, don't mm-hmm. think that they're, you know, don't write them off. Don't, don't, uh, you know, be part of their, uh, their progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to band together. You, you know, it's not, the old days where you just say, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Let me help you figure it out. You know, be yeah. part of that person's stuff. Don't let them just go figure it out on their own because that mental health becomes uh, suicidal. Uh, idol, uh, you know, thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to, you know, to, to be part of it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, don't assume that they'll figure it out on their own because, uh, you know, sometimes we can, but a lot of times we need to get it out there. So even if you're not part of mm-hmm. their, their healing process in the sense of being part of the, um, you know, holding their hand to get them to go to the to therapy, mm-hmm. but just being there, just, you know, to let them vent, to, yeah. to, or to, to get those thoughts out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just saying it out loud will be the difference. It doesn't matter what the case is or what you're going through. Uh, we all have mental health. That's the important thing. That's one thing that I want to make sure. And, and for uh, anybody out there that's never dealt with mental uh, for suicide or been involved with somebody that has taken their own life from suicide, uh, don't believe that you're that 
that it won't happen to you or that it won't, um, that it can't happen to somebody that, you know, yeah. Uh, be, be engaged. That's why I said, mm. you know, getting education, getting trained, you know, mm. so many people in this world, know CPR, but we didn't know it until someone trained us mm. or that we, or we got trained to do it. And now we can save lives. If, if somebody's choking or mm. do the Heimlich maneuver, we, yeah. we, a lot of people have been taught those in one form or another in their lifetime. Yes. <clears throat> so, you know, think of, think of the Heimlich maneuver, CPR, think of suicide or mental health the same way. Mm, you know, we, we good. need to get in the mind that, that mindset that it's, that it is the same, you know? Yes. Um, in fact, it's more that, likely, it's, it's more likely that it'll, it'll be used. The, the tools yeah. for mental health are if just as, just as much, if not more needed today than, you know, because, because there's, there's, there's so much less understanding of mental health. You know, yes. we know how to like not chew too much food. You know, generally we, we know that, but we don't know when to stop with the burdens we take on our life. We don't know wh- how do we d- distinguish or delineate between what's my responsibility and what's not my responsibility. What, 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 what are things that I'm fulfilling myself and self-nourishing myself and selfishness? You the know, way, you bring up that, you know, and I like that, you know, we sit there a lot of times and we say, uh, what's my responsibility? What's not my responsibility mm-hmm. or how uh, should I get involved or should I not get involved? Mm-hmm. Think of this, you know, and, and this is, you know, even if you've never been in this state of mind, mm-hmm. when you're looking at somebody that could use your help and you're sitting there saying, should I help them or not? Mm-hmm. Think of it. If you were in their shoes, would you want somebody to help you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, heck yeah, I want, I want someone to be there for me. Yeah. And be there for that person. That yeah. that's that's your moral compass saying that's what you should be doing. And that's what mm-hmm. you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be there hundred percent of the time. We can't uh hold people's hands hundred percent of the time, but we can show them a lot of things. And I think so. Yeah. A lot of another stigma that we uh we all deal with is you know, it's it's one that's changing, thankfully, but it's still a lot of people disbelieve. If someone is suicidal, or even if they're not suicidal, mm-hmm. Ask them if they're thinking of suicide. Mm. A lot of people won't ask that question because they are afraid that we will put that, we will put that thought in their head and then they'll go do it. Mm-hmm. Or I've had people that are worried that, oh, you know, I wish I could listen to somebody that's that way, um, but I'm, I'm afraid that I'll become suicidal. I think it's important to realize that it's not contagious. If you are going through your own stuff, then I understand that that could, you know, maybe it'd be a trigger for a memory that you've dealt with. Um, if that's the case, when it gets to an uncomfortable spot, Hey, you know, I, I think that I, I really want to listen, but this portion that you're getting into, I've personally have had dealt with something similar. I just don't know if I'm the right person, but I want to be involved. So maybe I can get you to somebody that can listen to that part. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you don't have to be the person to listen to everything, but be involved. And be willing to ask that question. Are you thinking of suicide? If, if we've got to that mm-hmm. question um, more often, you know, if somebody's thinking of suicide and you call them out on it, yeah, um, they're going to appreciate that somebody's at least concerned enough that they're, gonna, that they're thinking about that. Yeah. If they're not thinking about suicide and you ask them, hey, man, are you suicidal? Mm. Nah, man, I'm good. Like, I, I don't even know why you would think that, but thank you for being concerned enough to be at least willing to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're showing your careness um, when you ask that question, mm-hmm. regardless if you know them or if 
they're not suicidal or if they are, mm-hmm. you know, it's important to, to be upfront about that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I tell people back in the sixties, for instance, we, we dealt with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, cancer is a big thing nowadays. We know about it. We talk about it. We share yeah. it. Um, when somebody gets in the family, everybody comes together. They're part of the process of the, the, um, the chemo, whatever process they go through to get rid of the cancer, if they can, um, Back in the 60s, people thought cancer was contagious. You kept it within your family. You didn't mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's the same process that, that mental health and suicide are going through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, we, we've known about mental health for a little while now, uh, but there's still a lot about the mental health and about our minds that we don't know. We know more about the ocean, I think, mm-hmm. than we do about our own brain. There's just so much that we don't understand, mm-hmm. but be willing to take it as it comes and mm-hmm and be willing to to be part to be part of it all you know mm-hmm. be, to change it even if like we like discovered aliens and they taught us future traveling technology that uh, are taught us how to clone dinosaurs the human mind and human consciousness would still be a greater mystery the greatest mystery of the universe isn't aliens it's not ufos it's the human soul it's the human Mm -hmm. mind that we still don't have we we still don't know what consciousness is you know yeah again change a lot of people are afraid to hear about aliens there's you know i love that in our galaxy Mm -hmm. we are in the planet that brings life but there's multiples and many 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 different galaxies out there Mm -hmm. and there is a um there's a a a zone that Mm -hmm. life can happen in and if a planet is in that zone Mm -hmm. i would i would almost guarantee that there's probably some form of life Mm -hmm. maybe not like human looking beings but there's Mm -hmm. some form of life on that planet Mm-hmm. I think that that's another thing that we have to think about, you know, the changes that have occurred. We know that there's more galaxies out there. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to look at it as like a multi-dimensional thing. Like the next galaxy is a different dimension. Maybe it's the same life. Maybe it's me again in that mm-hmm. next galaxy, who knows, mm-hmm. but, but I have to be willing to hear that and feel that change. If you don't have the capacity to exercise that, just the idea of it, you know, man, it indicates there's a smallness to your application of of your own of your own awareness of of reality. You should be able to test these things within yourself. And you know, I are there aliens? I don't know. I know there's I've never seen them. I know there's there's some freaky stuff. I have even stories with, within my own family of uh, of of UFOs that are you know that are people that would not lie. They've told me straight on that they've seen. I there's some stories that are really quite uh incredible you know there's we we do we live in a an amazing reality an amazing universe and it's that attachment to that deeper sense of mystery that brings out your own idiosyncratic experience of this place that the more we're, we're able to tap into it we can kind of have these cutting edge conversations about you know, about, about the future and about what it, what, what might exist in my own, in my own spiritual life. That's been one of the biggest things that's been exercised is my capacity to understand the depths of the mystery of our experience, the mystery of this world. Who are some of your biggest like inspirations, like in your life? That's a tough question to answer, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I find inspiration in, in anybody and in everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, 
I don't, I don't have that, uh, like that individual person that I guess I, I look at. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, find, I find that inspiration through anybody mm-hmm. uh, and everybody. Even if it's, you know, sometimes I find inspiration in the people I don't want to be in <laughs> or, or be like. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to leave it as there's a lot of people out there that I, I look up to, but there's also a lot of people that I don't look up to that have also inspired me to be um, either a better version of them or yeah. myself. So I don't become like them. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, even the bad ones I, I look up to in a way. So um, yeah. fascinating answer, man. Like I know what I asked my, my, my last guest this too, it spawned a conversation about ultimately like your biggest inspiration should be yourself. <laughs> you know, like you should inspire yourself when it comes to the, when the rubber meets the road, it's your, you know, when it gets really difficult. Yeah. There may be some people you can look to for inspiration, but ultimately like the own fire inside you can only be stoked by who, by who you are. I look at my, myself as well as uh, my, my inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do what I've done up to this point without the drive that I have. Yeah. Um, but that drive comes from, uh, you know, people telling me that I can't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even myself, if I tell myself, I couldn't, I told myself I couldn't do podcasting. Mm. Now I do podcasting. Mm-hmm. I'm not the greatest at it, but I do it. Mm. Um, you know, cycling. I, I never told myself I could do that. I, I was, like I said, I, I told myself I was better than it. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can get on a bicycle and ride is because of a friend of mine that literally that's the whole reason one pedal at a time even exists. The friend that got me on a bicycle mm-hmm. one day on my third ride, he looked at me and goes, I, I was complaining that, you know, like most human beings do, I was complaining about the future and I was complaining about the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he stopped one day and he looked at me and he goes, it's one pedal at a time. It's left, right, left, right. And dude, that, that became my, my monologue that my I, that came my life that that literally transformed everything for me that's awesome um, so you know as much as my boy sean which is my inspiration to get me on the bicycle uh i look up to him um you know but again i i really i have to look within myself for mm-hmm. a lot of it because you can have as much inspiration as you want from outside sources but you have to have the drive to mm-hmm. make those make it happen and Thankfully, I have the drive mm-hmm. um, most of the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, and finding that 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 drive, that inspiration, and that light—it's you know—that goes back to to the mystery of of, of consciousness and the, the mystery of your own the the own riddle of your own purpose of taking multiple different parts of your life and not one of them ever solely defining your life, but factoring into a whole. You know, and I think cultivating a way of us finding meaning in everything and every area and, and, and uh, you know, it's I hope that's something that we both can help promote different ways of looking at that, because because it's a it's a very it's a hard thing to talk about. You know, how do you kindle that drive, you know, and how do you kindle it? Because it's a very individual thing. And at the same time, it's exercised coming together in community and finding people that are like minded. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's a, it's, it's why I, I kind of call it a riddle because it's, it, 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 it's, it's a paradox, you know, your individuality and then being a part of community, they at times will have opposing dimensions to themselves, but yet 
at times they will feed each other in ways that that one dimension by itself can't can't be nourished and can't be exercised the same way with, without it. And so it's uh, that bond with the other is really kind of a, it's a really yeah. interesting thing. And man, I mean, we've been able, able to talk about so many cool things, man. This has been a real pleasure. And I hope we, I hope, I hope we can do this again. I'd love to have you on again. And Yeah. For everybody out there, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> if you're struggling again, talk about it, uh, reach out to somebody, uh, if for whatever reason, uh, don't reach out to one person, reach out to as many people as you can. Um, it's important to get as many people out there that know what you're dealing with, the better. Um, if somebody isn't able to help you understand that they're probably going through their own stuff, it's not that they, or they don't understand how to help. Mm-hmm. So don't look at it as a negative thing. Um, but if you ask 10 people for help, you're at least going to get one of them and guarantee you probably get at least four to four to six. Yeah. But, uh, so be willing to ask for help and, and talk about it. And then also, uh, you know, for everybody out there that's not struggling, if you're in sound mind right now, uh, that's a blessing. I'm glad you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but be willing to listen to somebody. Uh, be willing to engage somebody that you know that might be struggling and, and be part of their process of getting on the right path as well. Um, you know, for anybody out there that wants to follow my journey, definitely check me out at ridewithdanusa.com and all in the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, my nonprofit, check out the One Pedal at a Time movement at OPAT, O-P-A-A-T movement.com. And, uh, you know, again, check out the, the Movement Monday series on Heart of Volunteer Veterans podcast, uh, which was a great series that I had the opportunity to do. And then, uh, you know, starting in April, uh, if you have an opportunity to check out Friends from the Road uh, podcast, It'll be, you know, we're going to have conversations that are inspiring and encouraging and, uh, and motivating. So we're going to, we're going to try to, and keep, we're going to keep bringing that positive vibes and, and, and one pedal at a time, one podcast at a time and one person at a time. Heck yeah, man. Good times, dude. Well, man, let's, let's stay in touch. And man, dude, uh, I think we'll wrap it, man. Good times, man. Have a great night, man. And I'll talk with you real soon. Okay. All right, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.